My name is Mama. And my name is Mama. <gasps> Amara, do you like Jingo Jangle? Yeah, I do, Mom. <laughs> What's your favorite song? Square Root of Impossible, Possible, AME. <laughs> And me. We cabin with Delora and Ashley. Thank you. <laughs> Delora. Ashley. We are back, honey, and it is episode yes. Ten. Can you believe we've made wow. it? We've made wow. it. We've grown and up so fast. I know, right? Just yesterday, we were babies, and now, now we're grown. Double digits. And because we're grown, as we said last week, we're about to take a celebratory shot together. So anybody listening, if this is uh, an appropriate hour for you, and I'll let you decide what that means. Um, I'll somewhere. Exactly. So, Delora, what you taking a shot of? Girl, The Rocks. Tiamata. <laughs> oh, I want, I, when I tell you I tried to find that liquor, my little hole in the wall liquor store up the street did not have it. So it's okay. This I'm drinking brown vanilla. To be okay. specific. So right. tequila. Yes. Is yours is. chilled? Is yours chilled? It is. We keep ours Ooh. in the freezer. Ooh, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, mine is also chilled. Uh, crown vanilla because you know I love my whiskey. Um, yes. So cheers, darling, to episode yes. Salute! Salute! Wow! <laughs> Why do I do this to myself? Wow. Look, you're a straight <laughs> no chaser, too. I'm sure about to drink just a little bit of Coke real quick. Oh, yeah, no chaser. It feels you a so G. warm. Yeah, you're a G. Going when down. I tell you, I have not drank tequila in a long time. I'm a little afraid. When I get that bottle of Terramana, I'm a little afraid <laughs> of what I'm going to do. I'm going to be calling you over video chat like, oh my God, I'm bouncing off the walls. What did I do? Exactly. But it'd be fun though. That's my, that's going to be my birthday for next week. But anyway, we've yes. taken our celebratory shot. Guys, welcome back to recapping with Delora. And Ashley, Welcome. as we said, it is episode 10. And for those of you who have stuck with us since episode one, thank you so much. We greatly appreciate it. For those of you who are new, welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome. And Delora, it is the season. Let's, let's talk about favorite Christmas movies since we're about to recap today. A new one, Jingle Jangle, yes. that dropped on Netflix. So kind of historically looking back, what is your favorite Christmas movie you love, just have to watch during this time of year? I have to watch, so Home Alone. Mm, first Home one Alone. or the second one? Always the first. Okay, Always. okay, okay. And um, as an adult, or I saw this movie as a teenager, but obsessed, The Holiday. Oh, Classic. that's a, you know what? That's a, that's a good one. That's one it, that not a lot of people have on their list. It is one of my favorites. I love a Nancy moment. It is just, it's just amazing. It's very, it, what's uh Nancy Myers? It's yeah. just, she, she knows how to do the rom-com so well. 
I tell you, Cameron Diaz made me consider a new career path because she had the business wow. that did movie trailers. So that's the yes. first time I ever started thinking strongly about like, hey, I may want to do production. I may want to do movie wow. trailer production. I know. Yeah. So I, yeah. I appreciate that film for that as well. Opened up a new avenue of thought for me. So thank you. You know me. It's the look. It's the, the expensive homes. The Cody. The Cody cozy english cottage it was beautiful it i love both of their homes i love both i did homes. too for different reasons and mm -hmm. um the music I'm, I'm a sucker for a score i love the music in that movie so what and, about yours uh, and jute law was looking really a little delicious in that i never well. cared for him until that film honestly yeah, he, was, he was a little delicious um <laughs> my, my favorite I have two written down, one from childhood, and like you said, just kind of one that, uh, well, both really childhood, but one that's more just nostalgia, and that's the Santa Claus, Tim Allen. Have oh to watch gosh. Santa Claus every single year. Yes. And I, none of the sequels, okay? That we do not speak of the sequels. The really? original. No, no. The original only for me. You know, I love, I, I do appreciate Tim Allen. Obviously grew up watching Home Improvement, mm -hmm. but he always pays homage to his home state and i.e. Detroit. So I'm always loving his Detroit references and the things that he, that he does. All right. All right. And then my second one is The Preacher's Wife because lord that Whitney soundtrack houston, oh <laughs> Whitney houston is still again my favorite singer of all time every year when i watch it it's as if i'm watching it for the first time i feel like i just continue to have reactions why and, isn't it on anyone's streaming service I, you know i have no idea we have it on dvd at my mom's house so i usually watch it when i'm there we never um, owned it but i i've only seen it a hand a handful of times and i always I always feel uncomfortable when I watch it because Why? you know there's an affair between a, a wife and a, a pastor wife and an angel. I like, mean, it was not technically an affair, Dolores. <laughs> it was Nothing emotionally happened. going there. Okay, Ashley. That is true. And listen, the the grace that I give the film in that respect is that in the moment, you know, even though those feelings were developing, you can either lean into that or you can lean out of that. And thankfully. Denzel and Whitney Houston came to the Courtney point where the bands did not deserve. That's yeah, all I. But I'm just say. saying they they there was no there was a point where they pulled back out of it, and I appreciate that. You know, you may catch a little feeling, but that doesn't mean you have to lean into that and have the full. Denzel faith. had to go back to heaven. He did, so, and but I absolutely his humanity. I absolutely love that, love that soundtrack. This, first of all, soundtrack Epic. is still fire to this day. Fire. Joy to the world that she sang with the choir is on my Christmas track still list gets, still to this day. That is why she was the voice, because I still get goosebumps over some of her Girl, performances. I believe in you and me when he said, if you've never heard what love sounds like, uh, what's his name? Oh my goodness, I'm about to call him Smokey Robinson, but it was not Smokey Robinson. Please forgive me. Oh my goodness. What is his name, Delora? I don't know. I don't Black know. Black legendary singer, uh, Lionel Richie. Lionel oh, Richie. At yes. the when they went to the like jazz club at yes. that scene. And that was the one her and Courtney went to through like yes. when they were early in their relationship. Yes. So that's my favorite scene from the entire film is when she gets up on that stage and she sings, I believe in you and me. But overall, Ooh. love that film. Love it. Anyway, um, we have a couple of hot topics that we're gonna get into. And yes, yes, yes. the first one is really one of the biggest hot topics, obviously, of 2020, and that is COVID. 2020. You know, we haven't really touched on COVID for the pod, but, you know, we have an entertainment slant to it, as always. And that is 
that is really that celebrities have not been immune whatsoever to this, right, Delora? We've seen- Money can't save you. Exactly. We've seen multiple cases. And most recently, you know, we've seen Ellen DeGeneres testing positive for COVID. She was cough, recently cough. talking about- Sure. Uh, she got know, it. Listen, hey, some people need to rehab their PR. So whether or not- Girl, she can't it's get no legitimate or not- <laughs> I, I, I'm going to leave that on the, on the table because I the don't know The ratings sure. are low. I don't, I don't know for sure. All I will say is she says she has severe back pain. So, yes. you know, Ellen, I, we sorry, wish you I'm a not, speedy. Nope, that's why I said. Laughing. That's we wish you a speedy recovery, Ellen, because I'm not going to judge you, ma'am. I don't know Real your talk. life situation. Real talk. Know. No, I don't wish COVID on nobody. No. And if she did, in fact, get it. <laughs> <laughs> if, this is what tequila does to me. I'm sorry. Y'all listen. <laughs> That Terramana, like I said, we're going to see how I do with it when I'm drinking it for my birthday. I may be posting some weird stuff on social media, but anyway, <laughs> anyway, Ellen, we wish you a speedy recovery. Absolutely, 100%. Um, also, the verses with Ashanti and Keisha Cole got canceled Ooh. over the weekend. That was really highly anticipated, right? Ashanti that literally hours, hours yes. prior it was announced. So, you know, again, it, it no celebrities have been immune. Jeremiah was one of the the most recent, Ooh. like severe cases that really I think he's struck the, the me. Most severe. Oh well, I take that back. Um, you had Nick who died, who was yes. a Broadway uh, Broadway yes, performer um, exactly. early and, on, and then Debo. Oh yes, oh, yes. Thank you for that, by the way, because I almost mm-hmm. forgot. R.I.P. Yeah. Uh, to Debo from Friday, who passed away. I. No, it's, it was not funny, but I the fact that people were posting the memes about he had to die on a Friday, like, y'all are wild. Listen. I can't with the internet, especially when it comes to RIP. Um, but I think the, it hasn't been confirmed, but people are saying that it might have been due to corona yeah. complications. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, but Jeremiah, that that was really intense. Touch and go. Yeah. And he... I, I even saw a headline that said that he saw a light at one point. So he said he yes. woke up twice. He saw a white light and then he had to relearn all his basic functions. He had to relearn to Whoa. walk. He had to, so his was severe, severe. And again, I had only was hearing about it really from like 50 Cent posting about it, Chance mm-hmm. the Rapper posting about it. Yes, like and his he's crew. 33. So that's what Girl. was most concerning. Supposed to be exactly. no pre-existing conditions, 33 years old. It was yes. it was dramatic that he was able to because what he said was basically you know how they say that COVID causes kind of the inflammation of a lot of the other organs mm-hmm. and so his did so he his heart stopped he had a lot of complications wow. so again you know he, some people think to not take this seriously if you're young relatively young and good health obviously you have no idea how it's going to impact you no matter what age or health condition you're and in and that's the part that makes it so overwhelming Frankly. For sure, for sure, because you just never know. And the most recent one was Tom Cruise in this rant that he allegedly yes, went on sure, on the set allegedly. of Mission Impossible 7. Again, I say <laughs> allegedly, just, just for legality purposes. We don't want to get sued out here. No. Um, on the set of Mission Impossible 7, uh, the UK's Sun newspaper cited some exclusive audio tape where Tom Cruise basically Apparently, some of the crew weren't hearing the social distancing measures. He said, I don't ever want to see it again, ever. And if you do it, you're fired. If I see you do it again, you're fucking gone. And if anyone in this crew does it, that's it. And you too, and you too. So 
Don't know who exactly he was supposedly talking about. Supposedly there was maybe two people who were within, you know, less than six feet apart, what have you. George Clooney has commented on this. This has been really a hot topic. What were your thoughts when you heard this rant? I thought it was refreshing and needed. (laughs) Okay. I didn't see a problem with it because I'm thinking from his perspective, he is not only the lead who cannot afford to get sick. He's also a producer of the film. So he's thinking about that money and the money that already goes into making sure that production is up and running without any hiccups. And then you're blatantly disregarding the rules and guidelines put in place to keep everyone safe someone had someone had to say something and if it's not him he's the leader the head of that movie set if it wasn't from him i mean who else is gonna do it and honestly (laughs) it, it was refreshing somebody had to have that type of gumption behind protecting people um you know there's plenty of prima donnas in entertainment. So I'm sure that's not the first <laughs> rant and it won't be the last Christian Bale. <laughs> you remember that? Oh, I mean, even uh, Joaquin Phoenix, right? On the set of the Joker, he had yes. a whole moment. And, and that was over petty stuff. At least this is yeah. about something that's actually relevant. Yeah, my, my thing with this, and I think you summed it up beautifully, was this is very serious. You know, it'd be different if this was not a life and death situation for many people. Um, you talk about people's livelihoods are in jeopardy. He is the head of this production, right? He is the star of the film. They mentioned in the article on CNN, 12 members of the, the crew had already tested positive for COVID Whoa. back in yeah. October. They've so, already had delays. And yes. Tom even goes on to say in his quote, you can tell this to the people who are losing their fucking homes because our industry is shut down. It's not going to put food on their table or pay for their college education. That's what I sleep with every night, the future of this fucking industry. So excuse my language, folks, but I think the point Sorry, just Mom. is, I think exactly. I think the point just is that this is serious. If there are people that he's seen, and again, you have no idea what the context is. He could have seen these people do this multiple times. Yeah. He could have been having a moment where, you know, maybe somebody close to him or somebody around has passed away. I know I recently just had a coworker who just lost a parent to COVID. So Girl, the realities of it, it every day exactly are severe. So yes. I wasn't upset about it. I don't feel any type of way when I hear things like this. Again, I get it that people like celebrities to have this image sometimes of being these um, others where they don't have human moments. This was a human moment for Tom Cruise and I'm not mad at it. He has some other things that I don't necessarily want to get into um, that I questioned him about, but this was not one of them. Even back in the day when he had the, the, the situation with Brooke Shields, he was trying to say, you know, postpartum depression wasn't real. You know I'm saying? he had He's had multiple moments over time that I have concerned me. This was Absolutely. not necessarily one of them. So, no, you know, again, this is very serious. I understand. Just was curious as to your thoughts on that. So our second hot topic of, yes. of the day is, is also very serious, just in a different way. Shia LaBeouf and mm. FKA Twigs. Mm-hmm. So FKA Twigs, for folks who are not familiar, is a singer, dancer, visual artist. She has sued very Shia LaBeouf. Very Yes. 
She's also British. So if people in America are not necessarily familiar, she's British. She is suing her ex-boyfriend who is after Shia LaBeouf, who you may be familiar with from, you know, his Disney days on Even Stevens, Mm -hmm. um, from big blockbuster films like The Transformers, Indiana Jones. He's also been in some recent critically acclaimed films like The Peanut Butter Falcon and Honey Boy, which Honey Mm -hmm. Boy is actually where he he and FKA Twigs met. So FKA Twigs is suing him for sexual battery, assault, and infliction of emotional distress. They dated about one year, Delora, between Mm -hmm. 2018 and 2019, as I mentioned after working together on that film. In the statement in the lawsuit, it says Shia LaBeouf hurts women. He uses them. He abuses them, both physically and mentally. He is dangerous. Mm. The lawsuit goes on to lay out a slew of horrific allegations. And Shia has come out and said that supposedly not all of this is true, and but that he has a history of abusive behavior towards himself as well as the people who are closest to him. When so, he's not sober. When he's not sober because he does have um, apparently um, alcoholism that he deals with. So mm-hmm. what were your thoughts, Alora, about this story when it dropped? Disappointment overall. Um, I know a little bit about um, FKA Twigs. Did I say that mm-hmm. right? Yep. I know a little bit about her. I know she's had some high-profile relationships. She once dated Robert Pattinson at one point, too. And I think they were even engaged. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I've always seen her from afar. I thought she was super talented. But I also know that she, even though she's had these high profile relationships, she hasn't necessarily been very vocal about, you know, the essence of those relationships. And so for her to come out with something like this, it had Mm -hmm. to be something serious. So I was disappointed in Shia. I have been a longtime fan of his. We grew up watching him, my sister. And I grew up watching him on Even Stevens. I mean, I followed his career from Holes to Transformers to that awful Indiana Jones movie. (laughs) And, you know, I've always rooted for him. And he's always seemed off kilter, for sure, right? In the latter years, absolutely. In the latter years, I mean, everything from his, you know, performance art situation to... I don't know. He's just been, he's been a bit off and to see that it has manifest, like, I guess my assumptions weren't necessarily completely off because if this is true, it's horrific. It's horrific. And, and just really sad, disappointed. And I hope that um, FKA gets some peace. And I'm, I'm, I'm actually proud of her for standing up for herself. And the incident um, that was reported, you know, unfortunately, in an unhealthy society, some people may be like, oh, well, he just, you know, he just had a bad day. <laughs> but no, that, that was wrong. 
Yeah, and not the multiple, not the multiple things. I didn't exactly. go into all of it, folks. You can go online and read about a lot of the detail. I mean, there were multiple incidents where he supposedly she felt afraid to even get up in the middle of the night because he would have a loaded gun that he kept in bed with them. He was he doing, would choke her. He would choke her. He was doing violent things against her, slamming her against a car, all sorts of things. To add to this, too, Delora was one of his former girlfriends, also a part of this, yes. um, named Carolyn Foe who um, is joining forces with FK Twigs in the lawsuit, it sounds like. And then you also have the singer Sia, who mm -hmm. has come out in support of FKA Twigs and this as well, and basically said that she too has had to deal with his behavior. Um, she basically said, I too have been hurt emotionally by Shia, a pathological liar who conned me into an adulterous relationship claiming to be single. Mm -hmm. I believe he's very sick and have compassion for him and his victims. Just know if you love yourself, stay safe, stay away. Mm, that's, and you never hear her talk about her private life, let never. alone see her face. Never. So that it's major and it's important what um, Twix is doing. And I'm, I'm happy that she's, I'm sure she's doing this for herself and she, she deserves. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm completely on the same page with you. I was also reading just today as I was trying to prepare for the podcast that, they first tried to do this privately, but then Shia was essentially trying to downplay some of the things like apparently he gave her an STD knowingly. Yes. Um, apparently um, he was he had, he's trying to blackmail her to a certain extent by saying, hey, I have certain things that I will release if you move forward with this. Mm. So, you know, I think the severity of it in my mind obviously was very worthwhile for her to come forward and try to protect other women from this potential situation as well. Um, but also for herself, right? Because it it saddens me so much. I think sometimes when you hear about celebrities, especially you think, well, you have money and you have, you know, celebrity and, and that comes with popularity and all these things. Oh, things like that don't happen to you. She's still a woman. She's Absolutely. still a human being. So to think that these things happened to her was heartbreaking when absolutely. I read the story. And if anything, um, artists are some of the most sensitive people. So absolutely. Yes. But it's just, I mean, just the, the, to imagine the potential terror that she went through during that period of time just broke my heart. And to your point, too, I really have only known about FK Twigs from afar, from her relationship with Robert Pattinson, things like that. But, you know, my heart goes out to her for sure. And I hope that, you know, that for sure there is some form of justice that is served with this um, now that these allegations have come to light. So, um yes. I did want to move back because I realized I, I failed to ask you something important about our first hot topic, which was okay. the COVID vaccine was, mm -hmm. was where I was inevitably going to go with our discussion on COVID, got sidetracked by the Tom Cruise rant. Um, how are you feeling about the COVID vaccine? I mean, our, our most recent stats about COVID are that in, in the U.S., over 307,000 deaths, nearly 17 million cases. We're hearing, starting to hear about some of the allergic reactions of the Pfizer vaccine that has been released, yes. which are which um, also a low number, but yes. But also, you know, the potential for Bell's palsy and article came out about that. Um, I actually had a conversation yesterday with a nurse that can made me to continue to have certain concerns about the vaccine, but let me not put that onto you. How are you feeling? What are you <laughs> thinking about the potential of these vaccines? Are you first in line? No, I am not. And I'm going to say this because I'm going to be responsible for this, this answer because we are on this particular platform. The only reason why I'm not first in line is because 
I am not a frontline worker and I am not, you know, a healthcare provider by trade. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I am a wait and see type of person. Again, I'm, I'm trying to be impeccable with my words. So, Mm -hmm. so here's the deal. Do I believe in vaccinations? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But, but is there a history of um, the medical community and the black community, specifically Mm -hmm. African Americans in this country? Yes. I will highly recommend everybody who wants to bring up Tuskegee, um, go to Nicole Hannah Jones' Twitter. She has this wonderful thread that talks about that bringing up, okay, for those who don't know, Tuskegee um, experiment was when um, they they were essentially experimenting on African-American men and syphilis. Mm-hmm. But what's important to know about that situation is that these men were had this had this disease, but they were not being treated. Mm-hmm. So, like, so essentially, medical treatment was with withheld from them. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, but then there's a whole lot of <laughs> a lot of other examples of black people being experimented. Uh, but what Gyne- I'm trying to say, gynecological experiment, all sorts of craziness. But with all that being said, I I do anticipate taking the vaccine eventually. I don't know how I feel about it being synthetic because you are not going to be. I, I'm not a med- medical professional. I'm going to put that out there. But what I have read and what I've heard in the news is that. It's like a synthetic, you know, form of the virus. So if you come in contact with it, um, you know, your body should be able to fight it off. But there's still a lot of unknowns. They don't know if you can still um, spread it. They don't know that for sure. They don't know if you can still contract it. I think there's still always a possibility of contracting it. So Mm -hmm. there's just a lot of questions. Mm -hmm. And because... My behind is at home 99% of the time as of late. I'm just going to keep it that way until things get a little bit more. I let the dust settle a little bit more, if that makes any sense. For sure. And I mean, to be honest, you don't even have that option yet, right? Because exactly, it's not even available to me. (laughs) Are abiding by certain rules that were, or guidelines rather, not rules, that were set out to say, hey, these are the first waves of people who should get it. And to your point, Delora, I know that we do have a platform. So I also want to be careful to not try to cast doubt upon this, but I will say for myself personally, I do have my reservations. And that is to your point about Historically, there have been situations with minorities and African-Americans where things have been, um, that things have happened to us that, you know, give me pause. But also, the speed in which this vaccine was created yes, and my lack of full knowledge and information about the ramifications, the side effects, um, just, just makes me hesitant. And I am not a first adopter or early adopter of anything. 
that anything technology. technology. So when you <laughs> yeah. tell me about this vaccine that was created in a matter of months versus most vaccines are need years. Yes. Um, to be, you know, ready to be uh, distributed. Yes, absolutely. I have reservations. I am for once actually very happy that I don't work in healthcare and that's no um, shade to our wonderful healthcare workers. Thank but I've had service those because at conversations, this point, it is for sure. definitely service. I've had those conversations with my friends who do work in healthcare, just in the text of one of my girls today who was a nurse about, hey, if they started saying you're going to have to get this sometime soon because they are concerned as well. I don't think there's anybody yes. who's hearing about this that does not want to know, hey, what is this you're really trying to inject into me and how is it going to potentially affect my body? And then also, what, exactly. are, what, is, the, what is the time frame in which this is supposed to be really going to cover me? Is this going to be like an annual shot that everybody has to take, like the flu? Yes. Or is this supposedly going to be a lifetime guarantee of, hey, I am now going to be good against COVID? Those are questions that I need more answers to and more understanding of. Absolutely. And what I mean by the it's now considered service, like hopefully in this administration, we have a national day of mourning or multiple days of mourning because this is something that has hit our, this is catastrophic to our country. This is worse. Mm -hmm. This is, I believe, and forgive me if I'm wrong, more casualties than World War War Two, um, in terms of, um, I think those numbers were in the two hundred thousands. You know what I mean? And so, um, I hope they all get medals of Purple Hearts and all that because at this rate, um, this is it, it's just. I, I pray for them often. I do Absolutely. believe in a higher power because I can't imagine how it feels to be on the front lines and, and maintaining hope. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Seeing, seeing the, the light health. at the end of the tunnel. Exactly. The mental health for me has been the biggest thing that I think about with them on a regular basis, right? Like those of us in 2020, we know how much we have struggled those of us who do not work in healthcare, right? Just to exactly. sustain and maintain our well-being because of the year's been. So imagine seeing it every single day and being there for those deaths, having to be the one that holds someone's hand for the last time. I listened to the Start Here ABC podcast, shout out every single morning. And they actually mm -hmm. had a nurse who almost lost her life uh, interviewed on the podcast recently. Mm -hmm. It was the first time that I was really brought to tears. Wow. Um, really hearing this story and hearing about the, the camaraderie that all of those healthcare workers tried to have around her because they realized not only obviously do we need you as a human being, but we can't have our healthcare workers dropping like flies because then we won't have anybody to sustain our healthcare system. Well, there's already been talks on how there's going to be a shortage of doctors and nurses. There've mm -hmm. always been a shortage of nurses. Even when I was in high school, they were like trying to recruit heavy. Yes. Um, Which is but... why you guys get paid, hopefully as much as you deserve exactly i you know my my level of gratitude for healthcare workers for nurses for doctors for anybody in the medical field right now is has exponentially increased in this year and you just again realize the depth that it takes to really go through that and again i think it takes a special personality and special people absolutely to, to deal with some of the things we've had to deal with and again god bless you all we appreciate you thank you um, Delora, I wanted to move into our micro dose of today okay. to lighten things up just a little bit, guys. Chloe and 
Callie's mm. tiny desk. <laughs> First of all, you know, I love tiny desks. Second of all, Always. love Chloe and Hallie. Girl, when I tell you I've, I've been watched this at least three or four times. A fan it dropped, day one. It dropped on December 8th on YouTube. What did you think overall of the experience? And then what was your favorite song that they performed? Okay. And this was for the Ungodly Hour uh, album that they dropped this Grammy year, by Nominator. the way, for everybody listening. Absolutely. Absolutely. Go girls. I love y'all. Go I ahead. love them. Um, I enjoyed it. Okay. And I say that because there's an asterisk. Okay. So obviously I love the stage. They have been making them, you know, making a dollar out of 99 cents Well, their performances all year long, right? Yes. In this court. Yes. Where for this tiny desk. Um, I love how they were still casual, but they're so cute. I just love them so much. Yes. Uh, my favorite song. I actually... Um, I wonder what she thinks of me. I like that song. I'm not in love with that song, but I appreciated it live. And um, Chloe's vocals on that's that. That's what I was trying to say. Like, like vocals. Gave me chills. It yeah. is beautiful, beautiful, but yes. it is not my favorite song. And so that's my little asterisk. They Got didn't it. sing any of my favorite songs. My favorite oh. songs off that album are the following. Okay. Uh, Busy Boy. Okay. Yeah. Love me some Busy Boy. Lonely. Yeah. Of Lonely. And then um, there was another one. Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head, but they didn't sing any of my favorites. So, and Do It is not one of my favorites. I know that's their lead single and I know mm -hmm. they have fun with it, but it's, it's just not my fave. But what about you? What's your favorite song or favorite performance that they sang? Yeah. They started off on the top with my favorite, which is don't make it hard on me. Don't make it hard yes. on me. I love that song. Um, I thought they started it so strong with that and then ended so strong with the song that you just mentioned. Yes. Because again, vocally, wonder what she thinks of me. It's just so ooh, yes. juicy. Like I was getting chills when they yes. were singing it. I love the setting, the background of that performance. Yes. I love the all girl bands. I did too. I, I love their. It was well lit for brown people. Love that. I was going to say, I love hues. their makeup. Like the, the eyeliner that Chloe mm -hmm. had was fabulous. Their I skin even love always amazing too. Yeah. I even love the casualness of like their athletic attire. They were, yes. they had, they were barefoot. Like it just felt so cozy. But at they the same crystals. time, that? They definitely I saw the like, crystals. They charged the crystals in the full thing. moon. Okay, listen, Beyonce. I love because they obviously are signed to Beyonce's label. Thank you love for it. picking that up. <laughs> of course, of course. Um, but yeah, I love the whole thing. Again, I've watched it so many times, and it just keeps getting better every time I watch it. I could not keep my eyes off of them. Like there's just something magic between the two of them that I Absolutely. just so thoroughly enjoy when I see them perform. So they're like hauntingly talented, right? And I oh my actually gosh. that's why I love them so much because I I grew up loving like that the minors and you know like the some people may call it you know scary music but like that gothic sound that use of like minor chords and everything like that and they lean into that and I'm that's mm -hmm. what makes them unique 
unique and they put it into pop music. You know what I mean? And they're also to our conversation last podcast, so heavily involved in every element of their music. They yes, write, they, they sing, produce. they produce, they do yes, it all. So they are definitely girl that, power for sure. Yes, that excites me so much about them. And again, we've seen them grow up. And let me say, they are the first people ever to make me truly consider doing locks to my hair because really I that because I love to change my hair up so much and they yes. keep it so interesting with all the styles that they do with their locks I'm like mm. girl they have the budget okay they do but listen me and my hairdresser shout out to my hairdresser Ukali we can work it out we can make yes. it work if I decide to go that route, they and they the keep first it up ones. very well. I'm sure they smell their hair is wonderful. Beautiful. Their hair is beautiful. I'm sure it smells like essential oils. Yeah. <laughs> I just imagine they smell like like roses. I don't know. I just love them. But uh, I just want to touch on that because again, I think they're worth a shout out, and I, I love that they're growing up and Always. they're staying so true to themselves. It seems and like Hallie deserves her role as Ariel. Anyone who doubted yes. it has not has not heard her sing. Okay. The Little Mermaid, guys. She is cast as Ariel in the upcoming live action Little Mermaid film that will be coming out. So love them. Excited about it. And Delora, I'm gonna toss it over to you, girl, for our recap of Jingle Jangle. Jingle Jangle. <laughs> I can't believe we're here. Yes. <laughs> All right, Ashley. I'm like cheesing so hard right now. It is my <laughs> pleasure to recap Jingle Jangle, A Christmas Journey. Mm -hmm. It is a Netflix original musical. Uh, rated PG. It's two hours and two minutes long, and it premiered November 13th, 2020. So, a quick summary. An imaginary world comes to life in a holiday tale of an eccentric toy maker, his adventurous granddaughter, and a magical invention that has the power to change their lives forever. It has a star-studded cast, Forrest Whitaker as Geronicus Django, of course, mm -hmm. Forrest legend, but we know him best for his Oscar-winning role in The Last King of Scotland, Lee Daniels, The Butler, and more recently, The Godfather of Harlem, which is a TV series he's in, and we can't forget Black Panther 2018 film. We also have Keegan-Michael Key. He's, his uh, character is Gustafson. Uh, we know Key for him being one half of the dynamic duo of Key and Peele. They had their own comedy uh, sketch comedy show on Comedy Central from 2012 to 2015. And he also does a lot of voiceover work. He's the narrator for the Green Eggs and Ham show that's on Netflix. And more recently than even Jingle Jangle, he's in uh, the Broadway film adaptation of The Prom that's on Netflix right now. Mm. We have Hugh Bonneville. He plays Mr. Del Delacroix. He's best known for his work in Downton Abbey. And also, he's, he was also in Notting Hill, which makes me smile. That came out in 1999. He sure was. <laughs> He sure was. Nika Noni Rose as Jessica. She is the voice of Disney's 
first animated black princess. The film Princess and the Frog came out in 2009. Princess Tiana. Princess Tiana. And she's going to reprise her role in Tiana as Disney um, recently announced in their rollout movies and TV shows. She also was in Dreamgirls and she was the crazy mama in Everything Everything, which is the film adaptation Mm. of the book of the same name from 2017. We have um, Madeline Mills as Journey. This is her introduction to film and she was phenomenal. Um, Some fun facts about her. She is a Broadway kid, which is evident in her performance. (laughs) Um, She was the youngest child performer ever cast in a year-long production of Andrew Lloyd Webber's School of Rock. So that happened in 2018. And then she made her first professional theater debut at the age of eight in the Broadway national tour of Dr. Seuss, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the musical. Oh, (laughs) I heard so. David Talbert refer to her turn as Journey as the equivalent of Judy Garland in The Wizard of Oz. So that was Epic. very strong. That was a Epic. very strong endorsement of that I young lady. I love it. I yes. love it. Yes. We have the wonderful, the marvelous Felicia Rochard. We're going to refer to her as Grandma for now. Okay. Um, you know, legend. We know her best for her role uh, in the Cosby show, but more recently she has been in Creed mm-hmm. with Michael Bay Jordan playing his mama. And she also played Beth's mom in This Is Us, which was also epic. I think she deserved a guest Emmy on that for sure, but I don't think she got it. And she'll be in Soul that's uh, coming out on Christmas Day, Disney Plus film starring, or animated film starring Jamie Foxx. We have Ricky Martin as Don Juan Diego. <laughs> and we know him for living La Vida Loca. And he's now an actor. His most prominent role up to, um, before this particular project was American Crime Story Versace. And he played... It's your fine ass, Ricky. <gasps> yes, Aging yes, yes. so beautifully, sir. So well. Yes. Um, and then we have a lot of newcomers. Justin Cornwell, he plays young Geronicus. He's been in some more, he's been on some shows, but they've been canceled. So this is, in my opinion, probably his biggest break. Um, Sharon Rose, the woman who plays Joanne uh, Django, who is Geronicus' wife, who can sing her ass off. <laughs> mm-hmm. Lisa Davina Phillips, who also equally can sing her ass off. Uh, Miss Johnston! Miss Johnston. <laughs> My uh, favorite character. Let me say that right now. I love her so much. Kieran Dyer is Edison. Oh, he's so cute. First role. Miles Barrow is young Gustafson. So we have Diana Bovnikova as a young Jessica. We have the big dog himself, David E. Talbert, who is the director, the writer, producer. And we also has, have his uh, lovely wife, Lynn Sesson Talbert. 
and another well-known producer. These these aren't aren't all the producers, but the ones that you know we all know. John Legend is also a producer of the film. So Ashley, mm-hmm. this film is rated uh, on Rotten Tomatoes uh, for critics at ninety percent. Wow. Um, for audience is seventy six percent, but. It's still a popcorn. And then I actually found Roger Ebert's uh, rating, which I thought was interesting. Uh, He gave it three and a half stars. So overall, I've heard positive things about this film. Um, So Ashley, any, any thoughts on the cast or overall ratings for this film? You want me to go ahead and get my grade? Go ahead. Okay. So obviously, again, amazing stellar cast, um, Black excellence and minority excellence across the board. Um, My grade for this is an A minus. And I spent quite a bit of time thinking about that grade. Um, I think for me, the A minus comes from the same reason why you gave the 40-year-old version of A minus, which was the ending. And we're going to get there, the ending was a little goofy to me. But overall, I love the diversity. I love that when I've read articles, David E. Talbert talks about wanting to give his children something as Black people that they can look to and see themselves represented in. Because Absolutely. when he looks at a lot of the films that we had as children, like Willy Wonka, he mentioned Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. One know, of his favorite said, films. He said, only it's not only white kids do not get to be magical. So I, exactly. for those reasons, for the music, for the magic, because I love magic. Yes. It gets an A minus for me. So yes. what, what are you, what's your grade for this one? Oh my goodness. It's A plus, 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 plus. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I don't know if I gave it away much sooner than that, but this film has been I had no doubt. I had no doubts. In, in this house. <laughs> ever since we saw it November 13th okay it is so magical I mean I okay so spoiler alert we're gonna go into um a little bit more of our impressions and then we'll go through the recap Ashley Mm -hmm. the first time I saw um a trailer for this movie because I didn't know it was coming right Felicia Richard decided to get on freaking instagram so of course follow right (laughs) the first thing she put on her instagram after she she did a whole video talking about why she's joining instagram which i love right like it's such a thing women um of that generation joining social media does right it's like i'm on this platform now and blah 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 right this was the first project she put on her Instagram. And so when I first saw the trailer, I was like, oh, I live for things like this. <laughs> like when I, when I was, um, when I first saw it, I was like, it not only has the magical component, but it, I was like, yes, come through budget. Okay. Mm-hmm. There, this looks expensive. Okay. And I, I, and, and it's like from the Dickerson is giving me, you know, Dickerson vibes. And that's like um, the Christmas Carol vibes or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. But with black people, my mind also went straight to Disney's um, 
rendition of Rodgers and Hammerstein's Cinderella because at first I thought it was going to be like colorblind casting how you know it didn't matter what color the performers were um you know you get the role so I assumed that was it but no it's all black folks which I love and I don't have a problem with (laughs) and um overall when when I saw that it was a musical, I was, cro- I was holding my breath, okay? Because when it comes to musicals in today's era, they're not always triple threats. You know what I mean? I.e. La La Land. La La Land. I knew you Girl. were going to say that because, yeah, we're on the same when, page. Because the, the songs in La La Land was there, but the actual talent of vocals and of dancing, I... I it was missed greatly, okay? And so... I'm glad we're not reviewing La La Land because <laughs> that would be a miss for me. And that is no shade to the talents of both Ryan Gosling, who learned how to play piano, and Emma Stone in that film, but that was a miss for me. Sorry. If you can't sing... You shouldn't be in a musical. It's a miss. So It's a miss. Yeah. And so when we get to the first songs and we see young Geronicus and Joanne sing. I was like, Oh yes, this is it. <laughs> this is okay. I think we're going to be okay. I don't know where Forrest falls into this because he's the actor, you know, mm-hmm. but okay. Ashley, it's all you. No, I mean, I, I totally agree with you. The music and the musicality was absolutely on point. Obviously, again, the casting makes a huge difference in just the star power and the performances really getting taken to another level. And also the magical factor of it. Like it's Christmas uh, time and holiday time. So real. It's been 2020. So I, as I've said multiple times in this podcast, I'm always here for the lighter hearted fair. Um, and I love magic. I love any magical type of adventure that I can go on. I am all about fantasy genre. And one of my impressions I wrote down too is loyalty, 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 which we're mm. obviously going to get into um, once we start getting more into the recap. But that's really about my thoughts around, you know, the betrayal that happens mm. to Geronicus very early it's major. in the film. So it's almost, it's almost to the point where I'm like, can kids take this? Like, this is... I mean, that may, be, that may be something that a lot of kids, when they rewatch it as adults, because that's one of my favorite things about films. When I look back, is like my impressions of them as a kid and then as a teenager, then as in my 20s, now in my 30s, like your journey with films changes as you get older and you approach the characters differently. So I'm sure a lot of kids, a lot of this go, may go over their heads We're now, but they'll watch head. it again later with their kids and be like, oh, this was so impactful, you know? So I think it was, again, overall, I loved the film. I... I think that, you know, as I watch it for my second time, even more than my first time, it was just like, oh, some of these things, some of these central life things are so relevant right now. You know, the idea of overcoming a lot of adversity. I was going to say getting up after such a major fall. Two major falls, right? Two. Yes. He has to really deal with. And especially again, in 2020 being what this year has been, I think it was such a positive message. Um, to have and again just because I've read more and I know what David and his wife are really trying to accomplish with this which made me love the form love me (laughs) if it was if it were possible made me love this film even even more so 
Felicia Rashad is a grandmother and there's a young boy and a, a young girl and their brother and sister and they're disagreeing about whether or not there's some flames going on, uh, magical, magical flames going on in the fireplace. And um, grandma decided to, you know, bring out this gorgeous book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's like, you know, let me tell you about this tale about Geronicus Django. So speaking of res- uh, representation or just seeing Black people on film or Black storytellers, can we talk about how Black Geronicus Django that name is? <laughs> I was not ready. I was like, uh... <laughs> All the syllables uh, are in that man's name. Um, I also love to set it up in a way that to me feels very Christmassy because a lot of people, you know, you think of, a lot of stories that you know surround Christmas time and the fact that to start it off with like as if we're reading this tale I loved it as the setup for this film I'll just say that like it was it added an element to me that made it feel even more and just made it more holiday-esque right because you know we see that in a lot of other things but I enjoyed it for this for this film as well yes grandma opens up this beautiful elaborate book and starts the tale of Geronicus Jangle. So we know Geronicus to be an inventor, a toy maker, and he owns his own shop called Jangles and Things. The greatest inventor. The greatest inventor of all, which I absolutely love too, because if you can't say that you're the greatest inventor of all, who else is going to do it for you, right? (laughs) Um, And he's, you know, vibrant young man, vibrant shops, which I, again, love so much the colors. Um, I later found out, fun fact, there's African print in all the costumes. Mm, and so, and, and then um, it was David E. Talbert's wife, who was also a producer, Lynn mm-hmm. um, Sesson Talbert, who wanted all the, um, wanted natural hair. So that's why we get the that's beautiful one of my Love natural, the natural hair, black hairstyles. Yeah. So immediately we meet this young vibrant man who's waiting on this package, and it came. And when they started singing um, this day again, I was blown away by the talent of the 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 two young people in this scene. And uh, yes, so he's waiting for this final component for his greatest invention of all, and. Um, and then we we break into this beautiful opening this day. And then shortly after that performance, Geronicus goes into his wonderful lab. And he this last component creates Don Juan Diego, who's this frankly self-absorbed matador doll. <laughs> uh Geronicus uh leaves to celebrate leaving Diego and the shop under the care of his apprentice, uh, Gustafson. And, and um, Diego is pretty upset when he hears that Geronicus wants to mass produce him because this is supposed to be it. At this point, Geronicus has uh, given away everything in his store, which, has, which is already amazing because he's the greatest inventor of all. But... Um, but he just he just knew this doll was it. And so this doll convinced Gustafson to not only take him, so he's not mass produced, 
but he convinced him to borrow indefinitely Geronicus books book of inventions mm-hmm. and he does and Geronicus finds out and he's devastated so Absolutely. Ashley I was really surprised on um I, uh, on how this doll was able to have so much consciousness <laughs> a little strange wasn't it a little it was it was a lot i'm like so it's one thing to be uh, animated but this 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 doll knows what it means to like <laughs> he's I'm manipulative like, he's he manipulative he, he you know Geronicus is obviously the greatest inventor of all because i mean really what what do you think about this what do you think about this whole first scene here so i definitely have down black willy wonka vibes to begin the film that was such a strong feeling for me when we first open and we see jangles and things just that feeling i had when i first saw willy wonka in the chocolate factory just very fantastical right very visually appealing absolutely as far as the the don juan diego matador i have that little demonic chucky doll (laughs) aka don juan diego i said the most arrogant little thing wants to be one of a kind and you know what's funny is the first time I watched this I had no idea it was Ricky Martin no idea I don't know how I missed that for some reason Mm -hmm. but when I was watching the credits I was like where the heck was Ricky Martin in this oh he was Don Juan Diego so I think he did such a great job that clearly he went over my head in terms of me referencing it as him as a performer so Mm -hmm. and then the whole Gustafson angle why did Gustafson stink, Delore? Remember Don Juan commented on that when yeah. he first came to life and was around him? Why, was Gustafson living in the in jangles and things and not showering? Yes, he was his apprentice and he's probably my assumption was that he's a young man and you know, when you're young you know, don't prioritize bathing. I don't know. I, I highly I don't think it's due to not, <laughs> I don't think it was because of the lack of resources I just feel like, you know he was, you know, probably that mad scientist trying to, you know, okay. be, he himself being Geronica's apprentice, right. had dreams of being a great inventor as well. Because I was so confused. I'm like, so are we saying we hide him up in the dungeon away from everybody? And he's up no, here stinking and not showering? Like okay. And I, I, you could tell that they were trying to play up Geronica's uh, not having enough time or making enough time for Gus to sin, but yes. I think... I think it was just a misinterpretation. I think Geronicus obviously still cared. He just was prioritizing other things. Yeah, and he was like a mad genius, right? So, you know, there are certain things that come with that in terms of probably the way his mind works. My last note I had about this, which to your point, I love that you said that about Gustafson being more so just probably possibly too busy in his mind to shower because that's what I hope for. I was like, let's not say that we're keeping this little, this man up here and not allowing him basic necessities. But did you feel like when Gustin stole his life's work that Jeronica should have fought harder? I mean, they mentioned, Girl. obviously he reports it to the police, but then it just like he just lets it go. How did you feel about that? You know, that, that's a part where I couldn't really put my finger on it because I agree wholeheartedly. Um, and and I don't know if it was one of those things where uh, Gustafson was there with Geronicus. Like, I don't know if, you know, Geronicus had the ideas and Gustafson wrote them all up or something like that. So therefore there was some type of feeling of, I don't know, not ownership, obviously, but um, 
it wasn't all his or something. I don't know. Because where could it, I mean, they live in a small town. Where could Gustafson have hide and had enough, you know, capital to, to make, uh, I'm moving forward a little bit, make all the toys in that book. You know what I mean? Like I, that, I don't know, but it's also a kid's kid story. So I guess we shouldn't think too, <laughs> too hard. Right, we're supposed that. to dispel our, our logic to, in certain points. But again, I just, I just asked the question because I think that was just a, a point of frustration for me at that moment in time in the film. It's like, I would have, I would have scorched this freaking town down if you Period. possibly would have stolen my ideas um, and gone off and still live in the same town and go off and, and you know, profit off of it. Oh, we would have had some, we would have some problems, sir. Like it would not have just gone down that easily. Oh, Ashley. So to your point, without proof of Gustafson's action, to show the police jangles and things falls into financial hardship while Gustafson starts his own factory. And sadly, after the death of his wife, Joanne, uh, Geronicus grows distant from his daughter, Jessica, who moves away. Mm-hmm. So then we have a, f- a flash forward, uh, to 30 years later, jangles and things is a failing pawn shop. And Geronicus is completely uh, has completely lost his creative spark. Uh, he gets visited by Miss Johnston, who is sympathetic of his plight and smitten with him. And she tries to lift his spirits with the song Miles and Miles. Ashley. <laughs> uh, so, so much has happened in this, in this time, right? So, um, you you can see when we see Geronicus as an adult played by Forrest Whitaker that he's an empty man and it's actually mm-hmm. quite hard to see yeah um what, jangles what, and things to turn into a pawn shop it's all gray because before yeah. it was so vibrant and alive and yeah. now it's great the lights dim literally just a little bit of light busting, you know, busting through the ceiling. <laughs> yeah, um, but Miss Johnson, for you, apparently the MVP, I'm just joking. No, for sure. I love Miss Johnson to death. <laughs> Again, I love Miss Johnson to death. I was not ready for that vocal, by the way. Which, she can sing, can't she? Oh. And then her, her backup singer dancers, like yes, I've been Googling them, like, where are y'all? Where did y'all come from? Small. Listen, <laughs> she's, loved British. Them. she's British and she's been I know. a British, British television, but this is the first time I've ever seen her. So let's talk, let's talk about this moment. What, what are your thoughts on, um, Miss <laughs> Justin's crush and why do you love her character so much? I love her first because especially at this point in time again we're it's it's very crushing as the audience to see how far down Geronicus has gone in terms of his path and his um you know life because of his wife's passing as well as the betrayal for Gustafson so she just comes in like this breath of fresh air to me in the film Mm -hmm. and so light and it's so funny um calling him Jerry which he hated he's like why don't you call me by my name you know (laughs) I, I just love that that moment and that banter and, you know, she was also a widow. So I felt like there was mm-hmm. such a relatability between the mm-hmm. two of them. Um, and again, that performance is one of my favorite two performances in the entire film. Vocally, mm-hmm. she was on point. Yes. I love I love the, the setup of everything. I love that these 
backup background dancers and singers come <laughs> up trio. from nowhere and he's talking he's like he's like no you really have background dancers you know like it's acknowledged like where did these dudes come from like yes. it's just a funny a funny interesting moment in the film at a point in time again where you know you can feel a little um you know disillusioned about possibly where his journey is going to take us because he seems like he's gotten to this horrible place and again that's why i say loyalty 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 when i talked about my impressions mm -hmm. i loyalty is one of the greatest attributes for me in terms of a person mm -hmm. so at this point in time i'm so sad and upset by what gustafson did that i need this moment in the film i'll say that so i think mm -hmm. that's one of the reasons why miss johnson is my favorite um she we'll get back comedic. to her later yes yeah, we'll get comedic. back to another moment later that really like it touched my heart with her, but that's why she brings levity. To your point, she's the comedic factor. She brings levity at times when I need it because otherwise I would just feel sad about what has happened to Jeronicus. Like, you know, he's gone through it. The man has gone through it. I mean, his life's work oh, as an adult is just soul crushing. Not just his life's work, his family is in, you know, it's different. That's Sometimes you may have too. family or you may have career. He has neither. His daughter's yes. gone. His, 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 what gave him a spark and gave him hope is gone. Yes. I don't know what this man is holding on to right now. Yeah. And, and I obviously played extremely well by the wonderful Forrest Whitaker. Mm -hmm. um, so Jeronicus is visited by banker, Mr. Oh, let me say real quick. I know this is a kid's film, guys. I was not devastated the right way that I'm making it seem. I'm just saying. Well, you know, you get invested. It was sad. Again, it's a yeah. great form of escapism. So you grow into that world. Absolutely. And you, you feel what's trying to be felt at that time. So I understand. Yeah. I just want y'all to know I wasn't in tears, but I felt uh, sad. No, no. <laughs> Go ahead, Laura. Sorry. Geronicus is visited by banker Mr. Uh, Delacroix and he's essentially telling him you need to pay your debts or you need to produce something extraordinary wonderful <laughs> or you lose your, your shop by Christmas and so that always cracks me up though because there's always that that pressure in that timeline like you got to get things done by Christmas <laughs> let me say this and white audience members I apologize but I felt some type of way about Jeronica's own money tool, the only white character in this whole freaking film. <gasps> Why is it <laughs> that the one person that came in and was asking him and, and, and had some level of authority or power over him in terms of him owing him money is this white man? Again, it is no offense, but it is, it is worth note. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I felt some type of way. I, I, I have nothing. <laughs> I have nothing. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> okay. Meanwhile, we, 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 we as an audience see that Jessica grew up and she now has a daughter on her, of her own named Journey. And she is such a precocious young girl uh, who enjoys measuring things and, and um, you know, being an inventor and, you know, being smart and wonderful. And we, uh, we get a little bit more insight of her from her song, Not the Only One. And so she realizes that 
her grandfather is a great inventor as well, but um, she hadn't met him at this point. And then a letter arrives to Jessica one day from Geronicus and uh, Jessica, <laughs> Jessica sends Journey to stay with her, fa- her grandfather until Christmas. And so upon her arrival, Geronicus is not really having it. He <laughs> was like, my granddaughter's name begins with a J. It's Jackie. Like, <laughs> Sir. She's like, I, I'm Journey. And then she gives him the, the letter and then he agrees. But you could tell he's definitely not the same Geronicus he was from the first time we met him on this day. And so uh, during this time, also, Gustafson is now a famous toy tycoon. Mm-hmm. But the problem is he has used up all of Geronicus' inventions. He's produced them all. And so he's now in a bind and he's now uh, with the holidays, quote unquote, coming up, needs to un- unveil a new toy. And since he doesn't have any, <laughs> any other inventions to steal, he brings up an old favorite, the twirly whirly. <laughs> and um, of course, it malfunctions and attacks one of his guests during one of my favorite songs, The In Magic the NG. In the face. My God, that was horrific. So can we talk about King and Michael Key? I, first of all, I, he's not a vocalist, but I thoroughly enjoyed this performance, Ashley. What, um, did anything stand out for you on this particular, in this particular time with him being the official villain of the story and seeing his character and everything? Damn it, Keegan-Michael Key, you took the sting out of the villain because I love you. Like, I think that was the main thing. Gustafson isn't as bad as he could have been because I already, my heart is already with Keegan-Michael Key. You know, it's like... Absolutely. That'd be like, you know, when Denzel plays the villain, okay, but it's Denzel, though. You know what I mean? What did they do? Right. Exactly. Like, (laughs) I don't know. Maybe you got a point, Gustafson. You know, that's how I felt. But... I wanted to go back real quick and ask you a question about the whole journey coming to see Geronicus for the first time. Would Mm -hmm. you have sent your daughter off by herself to your estranged father's place just with a letter? Hell no. What is this? I just just wanted to get a little (laughs) clarification around that because I'm like, I understand. Yeah, she's very precocious. She's very intelligent. She had, she, you know, obviously is able to handle herself. But I just wondered as a parent, Delora, how you felt about that scene with her basically going off to town by herself to try to convince this man she's never met that, hey, I'm your granddaughter. And to do what exactly? I mean, I guess in some ways, yes, you, you want Journey not to feel alone in, you know, her brilliance because obviously it's hereditary, right? Mm-hmm. But, um, if you haven't yourself <laughs> uh, to talk to him, why would you send your child miles and miles away? <laughs> Trying to make another reference. Of <laughs> but no, um, I just thought that was interesting. But again, she handled herself very well in this film. So him having uh, her sign that paperwork was <laughs> hilarious to me. You signed yo. it, you're under contract. Like, sir, what? But <laughs> her people do some real, some real strange things, and it doesn't matter if you blood or not, unfortunately. 
Well, I mean, but the fact that she's a child is yes. what makes it funny to me. Like, Absolutely. I can see if she's a, I get it. At this point, again, with Gustafson's betrayal, his, his trust is broken with people. I totally understood it. It was just funny. Like, she's like nine or ten. Like, you're, you, you're under contract. You signed it. Like, oh, that's really going to stop a kid from doing something. And then the one scene when he finally is convinced, and he's like, you hungry? I have one egg. We can split it. Like, I'm, I'm just... <laughs> I'm just I love it. I was it. just cracking up Again, about that whole exchange between the two of them. He so, played that grumpy old man very well, for sure. He did. It was hilarious. But to your point again, uh, Keegan-Michael Key took the sting out of Gustafson for me because I already love Keegan-Michael Key. So Of course. You know, yes, I know it's been 30 years and he's been still in these man's adventures. That is horrible. Horrible. obviously making a buku amount of money off of it because toy maker of the year 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 <laughs> but he seems so spineless like i think that's something that keegan michael key and the younger gustafson played so well is that there's Very well. spinelessness to gustafson because again these were not even his original thoughts it came no. from don juan diego and so it's like he I has this devil on his to. shoulder yeah yes um i that's what I was going to get to, like, after watching it, you know, a million and one times. I'm just like, they really, they really did make the toy the true villain <laughs> of this. Uh, I mean, I guess uh, Geronicus was some hell of, a, of, a, of an inventor if his own toy is the villain of the actual story here. I mean, it was a very Frankenstein moment, if you think about it. Oh, good. I like that. that mm-hmm. Well said. Well said. Yes, and so speaking of the devil on his shoulder, Diego convinced Gustafson to steal another invention of Geronicus. My deal is, have y'all not had enough? Y'all <laughs> exactly I mean, really exactly that was really that really made me feel uncomfortable. It's like y'all already took this man's livelihood and in his face built this elaborate, lavish factory producing all of his ideas and cutting no check nowhere isn't it something when people continue to steal your identity and what makes you great isn't it something and they don't know when to stop mm. Mm. there's it's- some context under those words people there's some context there <laughs> think about it think about it <laughs> Geronicus is busy working on, on this new toy, the Buddy 3000. And, uh, you know, we find out that it was Jessica's invention and um, design. And uh, <clears throat> this reminded this Buddy, the design of Buddy reminded me, you ever seen Short Circuit, a uh, film back in the 80s that was based on like a robot? That's what that, that's no, what reminded me of with Short but Circuit. The um, articles I read brought it up, but no, I'm not familiar with that film. Mm, you see, well, I didn't even read no articles. Listen. Good job. Okay. <laughs> I see you. <laughs> Real talk though, buddy did remind me a little bit of Wally though. That in the, de- yes. in the design, yes. in the look. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I and- love a good robot film too, by the way. <laughs> And um, it's her mom's invention, and, and he's tinkering on this mechanism. She helps him try to figure out his problem by riding in the air like he did once before when he was a vibrant, young, greatest inventor of all time. 
to try to figure out how to fix this mechanism. And he looks at her in awe. And he's like, you can see that? And she's like, can't you? And he was like, no, not anymore. (sighs) That actually broke my heart a little bit because, you know, it was, it was kind of one of those, it was a time for Geronicus to, in, you know, to see in his face, like what he once had, you know, and that hope It's almost like, it's not even just the, the formula, but it was like, you know, the hope, the imagination it takes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to do that. And, and, and of course you get it in a young kid, right? Because they have the whole world in front of, in, in front of them. Whereas, you know, for Childhood him, is so magical if hopefully 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 yes it's magical so um ashley i want to ask you how did you feel about the stem incorporation of this magical world i loved it i loved it so much and especially loved that the legacy is moving on to women right the fact that his yes well his said. granddaughter yes. or the future of you know his his brilliance and not sons not to say that it's not worthwhile and beautiful to see black men also in that space but again mm-hmm. you talk to uh, you talk to that we talk to diversity in this film we talk to um being able to see children to be able to see this in the in this time and in the future and see themselves in it for black women to be able to see themselves as these creative brilliant beautiful um people just really was heartwarming to me so i absolutely loved it it's one of my favorite things about this entire film because black women rock and we do and um yeah and journey again because of the way that the little actress played it and her the fact that she was so self-possessed you know oh my gosh it brought me such joy and in this solo square root of possible she did the dang own thing okay because when she was performing it i was like oh yeah this is the song this is the i am telling you right now right like (laughs) (laughs) dream girls reference when i tell you my little toddler screams on the top of her lungs singing this song she gets on the couch and stands and do the pose at the end oh like this see? Is, she i'm the first time she saw it, she was in such awe like seeing oh this goodness. young little girl who looks just like her yes. you know dancing and singing and uh it was just please it, it don't make truly. me cry i have not <laughs> cried yet on this podcast you're trying to bring it out of me today by talking about oh. the little guys delora has the most adorable <laughs> two-year-old daughter and to imagine her standing up on the couch singing her lungs out to this film i mean i think that's everything that david and his wife were hoping for and absolutely. more right that's absolutely and oh, to don't that- make me cry i've been so emotional lately <laughs> don't do this to me but Ashley, you know, that's one of the things that, um, it, like you said, that was intentional, right? Mm-hmm. And to think, like, when you think Black Christmas me- uh, movies, when I really think about it, there aren't any that are kid kid rated, really? Like, am I missing something? No, I mean, I think they were absolutely right when they, when they talked about the fact that this is the first of its kind. Um, when I think back, especially to my childhood, right, again, the Santa Claus is my favorite childhood movie. 
that mm-hmm. does not center around any characters of color. No. So, you know, again, this is something that I look forward to hopefully being passed down and for more movies, especially again, as we get into positions of power, instant to be able to classic. be created. Yeah. Instant, instant classic for sure. For sure. Again, like I said, when I, when I, even after I finished it the first time, it went down in, in my, my Rolodex next to Brandy Cinderella. Okay. Yeah. You have no idea how imp- you probably do how important that that movie was for me in my childhood. <laughs> okay. You're talking about two of my favorite female singers, my idol of Whitney Houston. <laughs> yes. And then Brandy who at the time. Episode. I first of it. all, Whitney can get love every single episode if it was up to me. She was in you know the epitome for me of like black women excellence and beauty when I was a kid and let me say that too because I know Whitney did not necessarily always see herself in that light Whitney Houston was gorgeous to me absolutely when I used to see her in the bodyguard I I used to rewind first of all I used to have a bodyguard back on VHS and we used to have to put that in the rewinder (laughs) and we had a little car little car rewinder that 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 movie has gotten so much love Again, i can still quote it to she's this a day queen of um soundtracks because we talked about preacher's wife epic the bodyguard that, that was bodyguard waiting to exhale First Classic. of all, waiting to exhale. When I tell you, I recently listened to that again in the car. I was like, "Oh my really? god, Babyface oh produced." I forgot how Babyface. <laughs> yes. Listen, yes. first of all, everything Babyface touches is excellent. No Not to get us off on a tangent. No remakes, Babyface. Listen, and the when the waiting to exhale, they're gonna do a series now. I'm like Babyface, if you don't produce that that those that music, I'm gonna be very upset because like Jon Snow. I don't want it. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna need I'm gonna need y'all to come all the way. If y'all are gonna touch this, which is a black classic, I'm gonna need you to come all the way with it. Because again, you're talking about people that I have loved and admired as black women. You have Angela Bassett in that film, you have Leela Rashawn in that film, Girl. you have Whitney Houston in that film. You know, it's just to to think that, you know, yo, you guys are gonna try to recreate that. I'll be very curious as to who they cast. Um, but regardless, Whitney Houston is the GOAT. She will always be the GOAT. And I love Period. you to death. I don't even remember what we were talking about before this. But Whitney, I love you to death. <laughs> Just how important this movie is and how um, Madeline Mills is a star. <laughs> She's an absolute star. And fun side note before I go back into the recap, she she recently got signed uh, to a major... Uh, agency so she was she she did this movie and she wasn't even signed ashley like wow well you know they i read that most of the young talent most of the kids found this uh through social media through mm-hmm. twitter and through instagram mm-hmm. so i could actually see that I'm, I'm missing one cast member from waiting to exhale that i just had to mention because i would be rude to not um of the main cast loretta devon Levine. i was not say, think Le- of her name all of a sudden but I, first of all really loretta was, if you, you deserve that. an did you ever see her when she was in, um, did the uh, arc in, um, del- not Deliver from Eva, but Gabrielle Union show that was on BT that I can't think of the name Mary right Jane. now. Thank you. She deserved an Emmy for that performance. That performance was amazing. I don't know yeah. if you saw that, but. She's, I mean, you know, I've seen the Mary Jane. Yeah. And Loretta. She always does art. Loretta is also sex. everywhere, by the way, because she's yeah. in my. My baby girl show, show Doc McStuffins. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm like, get that check, Loretta. I just said okay. that to say that was no disrespect of leaving you out originally, Loretta. We got Never. you. 
Sorry, Delora. That was all a sidetrack. Back to the <laughs> so, recap. So the square root of possible is essentially Journey's way of trying to figure out, you know, the missing pieces to helping out, you know, Geronicus, because that's, I, I guess, one of his formulas that he never, you know, completed or something like that. And uh, <clears throat> that night she meets Edison, who is Geronicus' assistant. And we, we met him uh previously but um we really get to know him when he meets journey and they both stumble upon buddy mm-hmm. body and then they put that mega- uh, mechanism that they were working on into buddy and buddy comes alive it is such um, a wonderful scene full of magic and wonder like this whole movie and before you know it journey and edison oh journey herself was flying with buddy and uh one of the missing elements was belief because you learn that quickly because as soon as geronicus comes in the room buddy uh clams up real quick Mm. (laughs) and and unfortunately the same night that diego and gustison were talking about stealing geronicus um you know another idea from Geronicus, they see the kids playing with Buddy. And so they're now on a mission to get this toy. But um, so with Geronicus coming into the room, Buddy is now, you know, back in the form that he was before. And so Geronicus thinks the kids are just, you know, talking randomly like, oh, Buddy is alive. And he's like, what are you talking about? He's not doing anything. said, did I tell you not to touch anything? And um, he sends Journey to bed. And Ashley, this, I'm not going to lie. When I, when I saw that Forrest was, was cast in a musical, I'm just like, to sing? Like, what, are, what, are, <laughs> what is he going to be doing, right? Mm-hmm. But this song, over and over, I literally shed a couple of tears. And it gets me oh. every time I watch it because he talks about how his life could have been and how his yeah. wife and his daughter was so much in his life and they were his inspiration. And when, when he lost everything, he lost them too. And, and oh, is he a singer? No, but did he bring the actor to mm-hmm. the song? Yes. A thousand times. Yes. In my opinion, Ashley, what do you think about, him being self, so self-aware in this moment. I mean, again, as an audience member, we are fully aware, right, of everything that he's lost and how it has shaped him into the person he is. I think it's nice because you start to wonder if he has gone down the hole so far that he can no longer see the light that was once there. So mm. I think it's nice to know that he, as a character right now, still understands where his pain comes from and then possibly maybe can move past it and move through it um I love these Peter Pan flying moments that we had leading (laughs) up to this as I called them I remember David Talbert saying he got emotional the first time that he inevitably sees forest flying Mm -hmm. um so it was very impactful for me again just from that perspective um but yeah I mean I think it's it's again gives me as an audience member in this moment hope that like okay at least you know they always say what do they say that the the first the first thing to to kind of getting over something is to acknowledge it mm-hmm. so at least he's acknowledging where his pain 
and where his the deterioration of him has come from and then maybe we can all move through it and if you think about it he he probably would not have come to this moment if his granddaughter hadn't visited yes little journey so her her visit is doing something (laughs) stirring something within stirring something within so the next day they are in this wonderful this wonderful town there's there's fresh snow on the ground and they go into this epic snowball fight (laughs) my second favorite performance of the film first of all there's there's two things i really want to mention forrest whitaker dancing i laughed out loud (laughs) seriously and not out of laughing at him but it just was a giggle like He's trying. Look yes. at him. He's yeah. looking at he him was cute. Step. Look he was at him cute. He was cute. And can we talk about how they infused Afro beats? Mm-hmm. That That's song. why it was one of my favorite performances. I love the kids. Oh I love the whole sequence was very cute. Yes. Go go ahead. Elaborate some more. No, that's really all I that's have. It's it. just okay. one of my yeah, it's just one of my favorite scenes for that reason. Again, because it's one of the first times too you see Forrest and Journey's bond. You start to yes. see him, you know, move past, you know, some of the feelings that he had and the reservations he had about her. And you see them, you know, starting to move forward in their relationship. And then again, the music was dope. I love the kids dancing. I love seeing kids dance across the board. That's why I used to love Missy Elliott's <laughs> video so much. Because she always had the best little children dancers. So yeah, I just loved it as it's one of my my second favorite dance sequence in the in the film. And to your point earlier. The only other time we see a, a white man is this police officer who gets hit <laughs> by Geronicus with a snowball. And then the yeah. first thing he does is put out his put out his hands. I'm like, oh, I don't know. Not it wasn't my favorite, but it, I don't know. Anyway. I'm sure I'm sure a lot of this is intentional. Again, this is not to say that I think that David or any of the creators of this were not aware of it. Again, these moments obviously as black people give us pause and we reflect on them of course so we are just calling out attention to it guys especially those non-minorities who may be listening to the podcast just to of note as you may not have been thinking about this scene but here's our perspective so absolutely that's what it is so gustison is on a mission now to get his hands on buddy 3000 and we hear him roll up on Edison. I was really nervous at this point because I, at this moment in time, I wasn't sure if Edison had read it out. Well, uh, first Geronicus. he rolled up on Journey. First he rolled up on Journey, remember? Was first he journey tried first? Journey. Yeah, because he tried oh, her when apologize. he was- Yeah, yes, when they so, were out on the steps. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, for whatever reason, I thought that was second. Yes, and Journey was like, um, again brilliant <laughs> self-possessed and she was just like i don't know what you i don't know what you're talking about sir but have a great night <laughs> mm-hmm. i gotta go. i have work to do i have to get I back to the work shop to do did you and feel like gustafson hit a new low in that moment to approach a child like that absolutely ashley yeah. it's almost like you know i hate to use this uh, analogy but it's like he was on drugs and is like, oh, he got to get his hand on something because he's not going to be able to get, you know, his high of being toy maker of the year for another year <laughs> after 30 years. So, mm-hmm. you know, just 
the desperation was absolutely showing and it showed up again when he rolled up on edison put that kid in a freaking um was it a crate he tied him up he tied him up and i'm Mm -hmm. just and then it's just so so um disheartening but gustison takes takes the toy without it even working and he's ready to present it but one of the things that i have to say about keegan keegan's performance in this in this moment when he was getting ready to um, introduce the buddy 3000 to investors and the guy was writing off all of his quote-unquote accomplishments the look on his face of like it was almost like a combination of him knowing that he's an imposter him knowing that he's a failure <laughs> him knowing that you know he did not he does not deserve all this praise that this guy is hyping him up to before he walks out to present this toy that that look i'm like that look right there that is acting sir well done it well is done. again damn you keegan you take the sting out of this out of this man. Yes, he does. He does. You make him still a human being. You realize that he still has his own conscience to have to deal with behind the scenes. He has to go to bed with the decisions that he's made. Absolutely. And he's definitely staying up late at night over these decisions. <laughs> okay. And so he presents this toy, and guess what? Ashley, it doesn't work because no. Gustafson doesn't have the faith or, you know, the faith to believe for this toy to work. And so, you know, it's absolutely embarrassing for him and his investors laugh at him and walk out the door. And, yep. you know, this is an all time low for him, right? Because mm-hmm. at this one, he has nothing, right? And he orders Buddy 3000 to be destroyed. Journey and Edison, you know, they they realize that it's missing, so they go um, to the factory to the to factory try to recover it exactly, exactly. And then um, Geronicus realizes the kids are gone, and he enlists help from Ms. Johnston. <laughs> <laughs> If you get in this car, you Jerry. If you get in my car, you Jerry. Okay. And um, what? She's hilarious. He even went as far as to getting the mistletoe or something. That to, comes later. That comes, oh, that comes that later. Comes later. Thank, you. Yeah. thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And um, but you know, she's she was there. She was like, okay, I'll drive you to the factory. But the the kids mm-hmm. are in in the factory. They find Buddy and yeah. they try to escape. And of course, it takes Diego. Uh, to tell Gustafson that if the toy didn't work, these kids wouldn't be here trying to steal it. And so it's this epic, you know, chase and, um, you know, runaway moment for Edison and Journey. uh, There's fire, there's blades, there's a lot of danger. (laughs) And to your point again, the elaborate 
um i love how elaborate the factory is and how beautiful and all the green oh mm-hmm. i told david the first time we watched it i'm like this is definitely giving me emerald city vibes okay uh, <laughs> and um let me say too about the sets real quick that i could eat see how this could easily translate to stage though i think you yes. know david talbert's oh, stage experience you do know he originally wanted it to be a stage musical but then the, he he didn't have the budget he wanted for it to come to life and yeah. then he decided to bring it to the film so yes but there's still a possibility that it'll be to stage FYI Absolutely. So. and I mean I could see it throughout the entirety you know the fact that they limited the the locations so, to yes. such where you can easily see it translating to stage well anyway. said yes the kids are now in the tunnel and they're trying to get out but the fan starts uh, the, the big factory fan starts turning and uh luckily geronicus is right at the outside end of that of of that tunnel and where that fan is and the kid uh he hears journey and they're like we can't go back we need to go forward i need for you to do an equation so we'll know how fast we need to go to make it through these blades first of all this is terrifying I, (laughs) i i cannot deal with the idea of, of flying through blades what yeah. yeah what and of course this is a pivotal moment in the story because the something awakens in geronicus that has been dormant for so long and in my mind i like to call it love right love mm-hmm. and caring for his granddaughter and and, and panic and fear because I right mean, the pressure of the moment <laughs> the pressure of the moment for sure how am I going to get my granddaughter and my little apprentice because Edison was his apprentice Absolutely. out of this situation because it was a kids movie I think in this moment I knew it was going to work out but it was Always. definitely like this is horrifying that y'all have to go through these these blades and try to run away from a fire so thank thank you guys for that suspenseful little moment thank you but it it also was one of the most wonderful you could tell that david is definitely an an 80s kid because you have that moment of like um you know intense pressure but something happens like et phone home type of situation right you watch the goonies a couple times a couple times ashley (laughs) and so geronicus you know, motivate, motivated to protect the kids in the tunnel, is able to get his glowing formulas to working. And he told Journey the square root of possible. Mm-hmm. And she knew exactly what they needed to do. And they ride on this crate. And of course, the way they were going was the way they were going was too fast. And Buddy comes alive in this moment because kid, the kids needed Buddy the most in this moment. And Buddy comes through to slow down, so they go through the blades at the exact right speed. Hallelujah! And they make it safe, and they land on a bank of snow. <laughs> <laughs> And that's magic. And that was magical. Uh, So I'm going to go ahead and get to the point where the next day, Geronicus, the kids, and a very busted up buddy made it home safely. And 
um, Geronicus is now determined to make Buddy work again. And in the same moment, Jessica, Journey's mom, is on her way to see her father for the first time in a very long time. Mm-hmm. And so the song Make It Work is essentially a double entendre because, you know, Geronicus is, is now inspired enough to work on his inventions and then Jessica is hoping to make it work with her father because she hadn't spoken you know they're strange can we uh, can we take a moment and talk about Anika Noni Rose's voice in this song Ashley I didn't know she had the range I did not know she had the range and I say Hmm. this to say she didn't blow like this in Princess the Princess and the Frog she didn't blow like this and dream girls like she hit those notes and i was like i wasn't ready i was like this you girl that's you clearly she's been saving a little bit just to stun you um but i mean i've never gotten to see her perform on stage so mm. to what extent obviously some of this comes out when she does her stage performances obviously she's yes. you know multi-hyphenate highly talented so i it didn't shock me at all actually now that i'm thinking about it but to your point, I love Anika Noni Rose. I love her vocals. I love the, again, additional um, talent that she brings to the fold in terms of musicality. Because when I think of a musical, I do want to hear people who get blow. Absolutely. And thankfully, Anika comes, she brings church. Who have the range. She brought church to that to that moment, you know. Ah, yes, I and, felt it. And that dance break was everything. Okay. Yeah, it was a it was a moment that reminded me of the greatest showman. The greatest showman is really my last favorite musical. <sighs> that Actually, I saw. you took the words right out of my mouth. Did yeah. you know that it's the same choreographer? You're welcome. I would I would imagine. I would imagine it was, when I, it was on point. Ashley, when I found out that it was the same because the greatest showman is another musical that is played quite often in this household because of the love that everyone in this household in, we just love it but i also realized that the production designer is the same one for stardust and that's one of my favorite movies mm. okay because they they do such a great job creating this whimsical magical world right the and greatest so, showman was phenomenal i saw it in theaters and i came out like that was amazing epically great like, exactly exactly but uh to your point when i found out these people part of this project and they are part of other projects that i absolutely love i'm like this this musical was definitely in good hands so um and the last part with the dance break it definitely was giving me some michael jackson vibes of oh yeah um, thriller it seemed a little thriller-esque yes i caught that as well yes 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 can i say the scene where the letters come dropping out reminding me of the notebook in my mind i was like i wrote you every day for a year (laughs) yeah i wrote you 365 letters because all when all those letters came tumbling out that he wrote to jessica when she thinks he has never written to her Exactly. And, that, and so. that was the point. So after, shortly after this song, Jessica finally sees Geronicus for the first time in a very long time. And they finally have the much needed heart to heart. And Geronicus reveals that he had been writing her, but he just could not send it in the mail. And then we find out that the letter that was uh, sent to Geronicus was actually written by Journey. <laughs> 
she's too smart guys she's too smart too smart too smart and what is beautiful about this moment is they were able to reconcile and they all were together on buddy to make sure he works because mm -hmm. um as we mentioned before this was jessica's original uh creation and design and so you know great minds come together to create such a wonderful toy Geronicus and his family are now confronted by Gustafson, Diego, and the police. And Gustafson is accusing Geronicus for selling Buddy. And uh, Journey, being the smart girl that she is, she said, you know, we didn't steal Buddy from you. And, and you know, Gustafson has no idea what she's talking about. And she used the invisible ink that Geronicus used on her to write property of Geronicus Django on the designs for Buddy. And in that moment, it was then Gustafson who gets arrested for, for lying. And um, Geronicus was able to power down Diego finally. <laughs> The one thing that Diego has been fighting against for the past 30 years. And what, that little and, devil of a doll. My God. And in this same moment, Geronicus kept that gift that he was going to give Gustafson. Um, and it was the last component he needed for his twirly whirly. That was, that actually, that, that hit me in a way that I didn't expect it to. Mm. What did you, what do you think about the, the fallout with Gustafson? Is it a little too late? Is it um, this, sweet revenge? Like, what is it to you? Of all the notes I wrote, this was the most, uh, the longest in okay. this scene. I wrote, I wanted to slap the dog shit out of King Michael Key <laughs> when he tried to come back and claim Buddy. The audacity the, of it all. The audacity. And then um, my question really in this scene was, as an audience member, was the conscience of his own burden enough or did we feel like he deserved a bigger punishment? I wrote, if this was a Tyler Perry film, the wrath would have been crazy. Remember in, in remember in the one film with Journey Smollett, she got AIDS and a limp. You know what oh, I mean? Lord. Like yes. I was just, I was just curious as to, you know, because as an audience member, again, Key and Michael Key played it so well that I could see the torment. But did that necessarily satisfy me, given the the? It didn't cut not one check. No, given the level to, to which he stole this man's, you know, not legacy. Only, it's not just about wealth. Thank you. It's more than about the money for me. It's about the audacity of exactly stealing this man's, you know, ideas and and his who he essentially was as a human being. His, his inventions were who he was. Yes. And for me, the money is just the bare minimum of it all, right? Exactly. You can't give me these 30 years back that I've no. been living like this. You, you know, my wife, now they never claimed, obviously, there's a connection between his wife's death and what they were going through. But one could say mm -hmm. that the stress of the situation could have amplified whatever illness she may have had. Easily. Easily, Ashley. So yeah, it was, it was a very pivotal scene to me. And again, Keegan, you're the only reason why I felt even a little sorry or a little type of way about Gustafson. So good for you, sir. Because otherwise, well, usually I say kill him. Usually, you well, know, I'm cutthroat. Kill and him. And in that same moment, you know, it's so well acted. 
you kind of feel a little bit something to Gustafson because he was like, oh, this was the component, you know, to, and you, you weren't overlooking me. I, I could, and Geronicus told him, he was like, I would have told you, I would have taught you everything. You everything. Pa- that's why patience is a virtue, is it not? Such a vet, preach, preach. So Ashley, Dr. Delacroix arrives to the shop and he's looking for that awesome, you know, miraculous thing that Geronicus honestly has been promising him for quite some time. And uh, he sees Buddy. And then Buddy starts a flying, and so does Geronicus and Edison. And it is such a wonderful, wonderful moment in the story. And of course, the the banker promised him any as much money as he ever wants because, you know. Again, I wrote a Delacroix. Reference my earlier statement. <laughs> <laughs> And then we are now taking out, you know, back to grandma and the two kids. And it is then revealed that the story was real and it wasn't just some fairy tale and that grandma is grandma journey, Ashley. Mm -hmm. What did you think about that? Because my initial. That's why the film gets an A minus for me. Go ahead. For me, I thought it I thought grandma was jessica originally oh okay okay um so and then of course they go flying buddy is still much very much alive and well uh geronicus was able to take uh take over gustison's factory and then it became mm-hmm. jangles and things on a much larger scale and they were able he was able to create many, many other toys and they li- they all lived happily ever after. So, so a minus, come on, Ashley, spill it. Yeah. I mean, so they know their grandmama's name, like you knew your grandmama's name was Journey. That was a little confusing to me. Some I kids was, don't know their grandmother's name. So to that point, I would feel that if it was a different generation, the generation okay. we are in now, you're going to know your grandmother's name. Yes. <laughs> like that was a little far-fetched to me. And then where have you been storing these children that they had never seen this shop that you could see out your window? That and the storybook. She's, they said, you know, have you ever read the story before? She's like, no, I've never shared this story before. And I thought that was interesting. So yeah, that's again, a good point. That's why like, y'all ain't never took tours. It's so, <laughs> so you don't know, when the last time you've been around your grandmama, when the last time you didn't look out a window, y'all hide these kids down in the dungeon. Like, because again, that factory is pretty prominent in that little town. Girl, you can't miss it. <laughs> y'all looking out the window in wonder. So you've never looked out your window before, is what you're telling me. Again, that's why I got A minus because I'm so about a great ending. And again, the magicalness of it, it was still fun and beautiful to kind of wrap it up but those questions lingered in my adult mind again I know mm-hmm. I'm approaching it with an adult mind <laughs> but those questions linger for me otherwise great job David Talbert your wife John Legend all of you guys I beautiful. cannot wait if I have children to show this film to my kids Ashley I will say as much as I've gushed over this <laughs> this movie for quite some time now at this point I, my only, my only reservations I have about this whole musical is the fact that I don't feel like the lyrics to the songs are easy to remember. 
Mm, okay. And uh, there's not enough um, repetitiveness. There's not that many chorus moments where. This is not a Disney film. You can tell it is not. It will honestly. It looked like a Disney film when I when I honestly that was part of my notes. I was like, so this is Netflix. This you like this ain't some <laughs> Disney magical. <laughs> yeah moment like that's how splashy it was but again david talbert david e talbert took this to disney and other places and they did not want to give him the money and you know i'm actually quite impressed with netflix he said one of the executives told him um the budget is your imagination Mm. Girl, As a content creator, because we are now content creators. We are. Up, um, <laughs> that just like made my stomach jump. Like I felt something in my stomach because again. As we spoke to about Shonda Rhimes, her move from from ABC over to Netflix, the idea of that level of range and capacity to explore and to create to your heart's desire. Oh, that must have been such a breathtaking moment for him. Calvert said it took him three days to to even get to the point where he wasn't thinking about a budget because he had been to get, he said it and i'm paraphrasing he's he's been so used to saying the budget is two dollars and mm-hmm. if it's two dollars and 25 cents the 25 cents is on you so he had never been offered that ever and he said that he's oh. never going back and oh, i'm like yes sir chills. Oh, I'm getting yes chills. sir my gosh well good for you netflix good for you for first of all, having the capacity to do so, because I know you've raised my now monthly, um, (laughs) my monthly fee. So, okay. But no, I think that is wonderful. Again, as a content creator and and for him to be able to really make this, obviously what we now have been able to see his audience is very satisfying. So I'm, I'm happy for them. I'm excited by this. I, I hope to see many, many more films like this in the future and great job on the recap, Laura. Point of the, the songs not being as easy to remember i wish it were but i still give it an a plus <laughs> but yeah. at, in the credits it's the wonderful usher who sings uh this day yes, the first usher. Song. Yes, he does usher. an amazing job it's such a such a great song and that's the end of our recap yay ashley are you ready for some hidden gems i'm ready my first hidden gem the fabulous lives of bollywood wives discovered this on Netflix randomly. I don't really watch much reality TV these days, but this pulled me in because I kind of like to see different cultures, different places, especially in 2020 when I've been able to travel. Um, And this really focuses on four friends who are like friends of 25 plus years who, you know, they're the wives of different Bollywood actors. One of them is an actress herself. one of the producers, I guess, was a producer of Real Housewives of Atlanta on this. So you get to see them kind of have these fabulous <laughs> travel adventures, um, see some beautiful destinations. They did this like rooftop little moment that was gorgeous in a different place. Like it was just, it was just luscious in terms of the scenery. Seema, you were my favorite girl. I just want you to know. Um, they did some heavy Kardashians references in this, even to the point they're one of the daughters. That's why I was a little hesitant. Got, yeah, one of the daughters got a shout out from Kylie for her birthday but they only made reference they, they drop a couple of gems in there for the kardashians otherwise it i was mean the reality tv star golden right absolutely i mean it's the freaking kardashians so mm-hmm. you know you can understand why they included that element in the in the show 
But I mean, they have some real star power in there because some of the articles I read weren't the most kind saying like, oh, these are all like the washed up Bollywood people. But one of the Ooh. like biggest stars of Bollywood was in this. And I saw he actually did one of David Letterman's. Um, when David Letterman sits down one-on-one with folks, he had one of those um, mm. interviews on Netflix. So, you know, there's still a lot of star power. And again, I just enjoyed the adventure with these four ladies. I thought they were a lot of fun. And again, Seema, Love you, girl. You're fabulous. My second yeah. hidden gem is Ted Lasso on Apple TV. Delora, I told you about this. This show kept me up till 3 a.m. This was a hidden gem of Apple TV. The only reason why I have Apple TV is because I started a seven-day free trial because I thought I needed to see the, the Mariah Carey Christmas special. Ted Lasso mm -hmm. was the thing that made my seven-day free trial worthwhile. Whoa. It was it's starring Jason Sudeikis. He is, it actually is inspired by an NBC promo spot that they did two of, that they basically, he portrayed this role and they picked it up and took it from there. So he is a, a coach of football in America and gets asked to become a coach of soccer in England, having no idea anything about soccer whatsoever. And it's such like a strong, not lighthearted necessarily, but a lot of um, heart that just goes into the show that I just wasn't expecting from mm. like a sports series. Mm -hmm. So I thoroughly enjoyed it. Do I necessarily think it's worth paying Apple TV prices for? No, but if you happen to do a seven day free trial, I highly recommend <laughs> using it to watch Ted Lasso. It's 10 episodes, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Jason, I hope, I know y'all are going to do a season two. I look forward to it. So those are my two hidden gems of this week. Thank you, Ashley. Of course. All right. So I have two hidden gems. The first would be, it's kid themed since this is a kid movie uh, that we just recapped. Green Eggs and Ham, the series. Oh. It's a Netflix original series. Is actually executive produced by Ellen DeGeneres. Fun fact. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> but, um... It's an animated series, 10 episodes, a lot of fun. It's obviously an adaptation of my favorite Dr. Seuss book, Green Eggs and Ham. And Keegan-Michael Keegan Key is the narrator of the show. So I thought I'd just go ahead and tie that in. And my second gem uh, is the soundtrack to Jingle Jangle uh, Christmas Journey. So it's it's like 37 minutes. Um, it's on constant repeat in this household and I enjoy it thoroughly. When I first saw the movie, my favorite songs were This Day and um, uh, The Square Root of Possible. But since listening to <laughs> the soundtrack with my toddler, our family's favorite is Magic Man G, performed by Michael Keaton. Keegan-Michael Key because it, it brings in uh, gospel elements and um, the, the, the stump clap moment. It is just, it is a blast. <laughs> and, um, and of course, uh, everyone, everyone was just such, such a great, great movie, great soundtrack. So highly, highly recommend. <laughs> All right. Well, awesome though. So, so we have, 
wrapped our 10th episode. As we mentioned, super excited. We are taking a break next week, guys, so we can enjoy the holiday season with our family. It is my birthday. birthday. Thank you so much. My Jesus year. I'm super excited. Um, But, you know, guys, we thank you again for sticking with us, for listening to us. Um, Enjoy the holidays with your family, whatever that may look like in 2020. Um, we, again, if you have feedback, if you want to send us, you know, a message, you want to send us some audio, uh, please do. We will include it in our future episodes. Please follow us on all the things we are at recapping podcast. Um, and Delora, as always, it has been a pleasure. You are the highlight of my week. I love you so much. Yes, I love you too. You too, Ashley. Oh my goodness. I'm so glad we're doing this. (laughs) Me too, honey. Me too. Well, guys. See you next time. And for our last show of the year, if you have not watched it, please watch The Undoing. We're going to be having our first special guest, my best friends, on the show. So looking forward to that. And we will see you guys then. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.